0: Warning the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing listener discretion is advised Welcome to the 3v3 podcast your socially distanced hockey chat show here are your hosts cassie pat and patrick
1: We would be remiss this week if we didn't start the show by sending our condolences to the family, friends, teammates of Adam Johnson, who um, passed away last night, early this morning, following a what can only be described as a freak accident during a game over in the UK. Um, I... I don't think there's a lot else we can say besides that. It's.
2: It's a thing. I mean. It happens. Yeah. I I also feel bad. My condolences also go out to the, the poor guy who was wearing the skates.
1: Oh, absolutely. Caused it's...
2: this to happen. You know, I mean, Todd. Ta- Obviously, you know, it's a it's a traumatizing thing for friends, family, teammates as well. But, like, that poor guy is going to have to, like, live with the fact that he accidentally killed somebody. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, the, the knock-on effect is, you, you know, the, the knock-on effect just continues to expand in scope. And it's just, it's gut-wrenching, you know? Mm-hmm. We sit here and deride the people that run this sport and all of that. But, you know, I, I will say the community around it is has absolutely zero problem running to each other. So, you know, rather the, regardless of whether anybody's never played in the NHL or played one game or 5,000 games or whatever, you know, they're still, they're still family, you know all else all other bs essentially aside they're still kind of family yeah
1: so unfortunately there is no easy way to move on from that subject but we thought it was important to bring it up throw out our our thoughts our condolences to start off the show and as I'm sure other shows will be doing in the coming days that you get, you may have listened to before this one was released. We are going to take that hard right turn.
0: It's 72 and sunny in your brain. (laughs) Oh, I wish it were
1: only 72 freaking false fall. Number one really, really fooled us here in the uh, mid-Atlantic region of the East Coast. So there's one voice I had in my head this week, uh, specifically on Tuesday.
0: Was it Kermit the Frog?
1: No, but someone who kind of started out in the same era. No, it was uh, George Carlin. Oh.
2: Back to George it- Carlin.
1: Back to George Carlin. It it almost felt appropriate to bring him up again. Because I had his voice echoing these words in my head. Frozen frenzy. Red (laughs) zone. Frozen frenzy. Red zone. Why does the NHL choose to label everything that they do?
0: Uh, I don't know if it was the NHL.
1: Oh, it was, because oh, it,
0: it's even worse if it was ESPN. I'm not sure it could be. This just <sighs> stinks of Bucci Grass. Oh, God. Now that I've said that, you're kind of going, well, mm, 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 damn. Yeah. Now,
2: now that you've said that, I'm like, uh. Oh. God,
1: I don't like Butcher Cross. <laughs> he has, and I'm not. I don't say this to make light of his personal situation because I it, this may be apl- applicable. He gives off that major divorce dad energy right now. At times, he he had his interview either the morning of or day before with Pat McAfee, which I'm sick of hearing about him. He's all up in the tank top. He has his soft. Selly type language. And it's just. When he plays things straight. Or just doesn't. You know. He's, get extra goopy. He, he he is actually really good at his job. He, he is actually enjoyable to listen to. To some degree.
2: He tries too hard.
1: I, I, I,
0: Bad as hockey in a nutshell. Yeah, please like my sport. He is desperately trying to hang on to the mid-late 90s sports center thing. With all of the, the jingoism... And the catchphrases, and the over-the-top celebration, Jumanji, my oh my, mm-hmm. kind of and stuff. And you
1: know what? There is a time and a place for all that stuff in your life. But when it's over, you do need to move on.
0: Yeah, I mean, even even the play-by-play broadcasters deviate from it over time. Or they find new ways. Or if they're really good, they don't rely on crutches like that. You know, I, I'm after watching the Kings and the the uh, Knights game last night. Um, I am still just absolutely beside myself, infuriated with Bally and the Kings for letting Alex Faust go. Um, but. Nick is Nick who is their hall of fame radio guy and is good. Just isn't, he doesn't rely on that, right? He doesn't have a crutch. He's really good at his job. He's, you know, I still don't like it. Cause I think Alex Faust brought a different energy. Um, and everything's going to be impossible, but I was going back to Bob Miller, you know, mm-hmm. Bob, Bob Miller, there wasn't a catchphrase, not that catchphrases are bad, but there wasn't any singular thing you could pin on Bob Miller other than just being effing awesome. I mean the, you know, that's his voice in the mighty ducks games, calling the hockey games. And even there, you you know, he's reading off a script, but he's putting Bob Miller spin on that script. Um, and that's just the enthusiasm, the cadence. It's that Vin Scully, right? There's just a a a symbiotic relationship to the person and the game they're calling. They can feel the breath and exhale and all of those things. I think Bucci just tries so hard to to maintain really that that Dan and Keith, Craig Kilbourne, Early Stuart Scott, you know, everyone has to have their catchphrase type jingoism.
2: It it reminds me of like the high school quarterback guy who lives on that past glory for the next 20 years.
1: <laughs> his his gut is hanging out of his varsity jacket right. in the small town.
2: He like peaked at 17 and he can't let it go because he knew he peaked then and that is just life he just has to hang on to it no matter what he's al and it's bundy just, yes and it's just it's just sad and a little bit tinge of desperation there too and it's just like dude Grow, grow the f up. Move on and learn to live in the now. Okay, <laughs>
0: you can you can be relevant to the kids without dredging in without dredging up '90s. And I keep referring to the '90s because every time I hear him, I mean, I just hear a lot of the same stuff he used to do in the '90s, and it's like. You know, I, I really like. Okay, checks. Watch. Um, you know, I, I get that fashion trends are cyclic and go about every fifteen years or so. But, dude, please, really, seriously.
2: Well, no, it's not even. He's not even trying to relate to the to the kids. He's just trying to hang on to the glory days, well, or but, what he uh, perceives the glory days as being.
0: <laughs> I think he is only because of the whole college side of him Ugh. Ugh. he tries he's he's trying to be like this is a weird analogy but he's trying to kind of be like saturday night live to the college kids
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know where they'll pick up on his catchphrases or something and they'll start using him at games you know mm-hmm. it, it, trying to be that sort of hip trendy snl type thing right you know
2: which is a perfect analogy because SNL kind of jumped the shark life decades ago. <laughs> oh,
0: Roger.
1: Yeah. SNL is a great example of it's never as good as you think it is. You remember the highs, but you immediately ignore the lows. Oh, yeah. Just like playing throughout a season. You remember pl- when your team wins, you remember all the high points, but you don't remember the bad parts. We we just write those off, but given how self self deprecating fan bases can be be, can be, it's like that's that's what he's latching onto the things that no one wants him to. And I mean, you know,
0: he's he's teetering on the Will Ferrell, the running down the street
2: in his underwear in every single movie Uh, he's ever been in,
0: and and playing the same (laughs) character, right. The the narcissistic, self-important, uneducated, oblivious buffoon. But yeah, you know. Um I just am like I like how they I like how they were taking a victory lap while there were still two games going. <laughs> that was my favorite thing.
1: Like I get starting at an hour late especially after the Columbus game was postponed due to power issues
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah cut cutting it off early or
0: well and and all of the press that came out afterwards was like you know after all this marathon of hockey watching where you saw n number of you know, uh what was it? Something like seventy seven of the hundred and twenty goals or something like that scored tonight, you know, were captured on our broadcast and you know, we captured all the coverage and I'm going, um Sunshine, there's still two. No games you didn't. Yeah. No you didn't. And so I kinda
1: Don't congratulate yourself
0: before the game is over. Well they'd they'd already they'd already stopped the broadcast before those last two games had finished. And I'm going, <sighs> you know, um it,
2: That's classic NHL though. Well, it's, cl- it's classic
0: ESPN and NHL, you know. Yes. The, it really is. One of the, one of the, they had like one of those one sheets, um, PR releases, that, you know, said it started at this time and it ended at this time. And I'm going, yeah. And then the last game of the night ended like an hour and 20 minutes after you guys stopped. And and so I I kind of do what I normally do, which is sort of go be annoying to those accounts And I kept posting. I'm like, you know who didn't bail on a full night's cover until the last game was done? And I have a few GIFs of Steve Dangle at the ice surfing desk flossing.
2: (laughs) And so I just kept posting
0: those. You know who didn't bail before games were actually done when they were doing ice surfing? You know, these guys didn't. You know, they were there from game one and did not bounce until the last game was, was done. And you know what
1: really helped their ability to finish? Like complete a full slate of games. It wasn't just two people sitting there the entire time. Yeah, like Butcher Gross. Okay, we're we're gonna put him in a special corner. Can we
2: keep him there and and make sure he doesn't
1: (sighs) talk to us again? (laughs) Sure, because he (laughs) definitely did not bring out the best in Kevin Weeks because Kevin was trying to match his energy and. To someone who likes that shtick, it was probably an enjoyable broadcast. It wasn't terrible, but I also like to keep the volume down and listen to podcasts while I watch hockey. They just let me do less work.
0: Is it wrong for me to say I didn't even watch a single minute of it? Nope. Okay.
2: Is it wrong for me to say that, that I thought the whole thing was way overrated and kind of dumb that they piled all 32 game or teams into one night in the middle of the week when people had to get up on the East Coast to go to work the next morning?
1: <laughs> or was it dumb to do this in October rather than maybe mid to late November, or early December when, you know, the... Alright, we've settled into the season, then general fatigue starts to set it.
2: And we know who's actually doing well and who isn't. I So you could tailor the broadcasts accordingly.
0: I will play Devil's Advocate on a few of these points. Okay. I do not think this is the first time that they have ended up with all thirty two teams playing on a weeknight. I know it happens frequently on weekends, but I don't think it's the first Saturday
1: night, especially, but yes,
0: I don't think it's the first time during the week that it's happened. I think there may have been, I think there was, I think there's been a multiple occasions where at least like 30 of the 32 have been playing on a weeknight. Um, Mm -hmm. was the 32nd, 31st and 32nd team added at the behest of ESPN. Maybe whatever. Um, I I don't think the staggered start times did what everybody who whines about staggered start times actually believed that it would accomplish.
1: No, it did mm-hmm. not. It could have been, it helped once we got to around 730 and there were enough games where you could, jump around little by little
0: yeah because any given but
1: the the 5 10 15 minute staggers it, it seems like they need groups of games to start certain
0: periods any single game can deviate up to you know around 10 minutes in runtime in a period so you know unless you're staggering everything at half hour increments odds are you know you're probably going to run into a few of them that, that end uh, intermissions at the same time. I mean, you, you we've all seen the games where there's absolutely, you know, like one or two whistles for an entire period or for mm-hmm. an entire 15-minute oh. segment.
1: And they're great. Yeah. Even if nothing really happens, because no one has time to settle down and think. It's just read, react.
0: And conversely, we've seen those games where every rush up the ice ends with the goaltender covering the puck or the puck gets deflected out of the player goes in the
1: bench. There are 75 to 90 faceoffs in said game there's penalties yeah.
0: and icings, you know, where a game just sort of drags and slogs. So, uh, you know, I I'd be interested, although they would never release this information. I would be interested to see if there was a negative impact on those games that started on the East Coast um, substantially earlier than their normal time. There was a negative impact on arrivals, ticket scans for fans at that arena.
1: Mm, Because this isn't some postseason game.
0: Where you plan. So
1: these games... Yeah, these games were going up against opening night of the NBA and, for lack of a better term, the conference finals in baseball. Well, not— Which has been running earlier starts, but it's like, well, it's just accepted in that sport and fans adjust.
0: Not not even that, but just the normal routine of life. You know, there is a reason that these games tend to start at 7 or 7.30 local time.
1: hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm you know cuz my god when it when you have an 8 p.m. local start let me tell you most people on the team seem to hate it like your just your front office or marketing staff your in-game announcement staff it just throws everything off
2: and the journalists hate it because of it, you know
1: tight well they don't get a vote so right
2: true
0: yeah it puts you it puts you at risk of that midnight arrival at home they don't have deadlines
1: anymore, so yeah, they can. Well, um,
0: deal. Unless they're still dealing with print, but we'll we'll throw them out. Yeah, it starts to put you know that eight o'clock start times puts to put tends to put you close to midnight in bed. Yeah, and a a six o'clock start time, you end up having to figure out if you can and how you can leave work early. Do you get to go home and change all of these sorts of, you know, all of these sorts of life. Do
2: you eat at the arena or not? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, are you going to have time to eat anything before you get there? Now I'm going to get theirs. Do I pick something up on the way, you know, for those fans that like to be in their seats and watch warmups, you know, you add on another half hour. So I would be interested to see what, what the numbers through the gates were at the
2: start at, or just
0: period just just sort of by you know just sort of the, the delta the delta of time between a normal start time and um and and the bumped up start time i mean i know in toronto nobody cares everybody it's a it's a it's a go there to be seen not to watch a game but in other arenas, and I was specifically thinking of Columbus before the game ended up being... Directed, mm-hmm. um, and even some of the other arenas, you know, you everyone who whines about the, you know, stagger start games, okay, by how much? And you know but how much it's going to impact too, your that, concessions and everything.
2: Here's the thing, though, too, is that by and large, the majority of people who are watching hockey are watching their team and not much. Right. Else. So staggering start times is great for those who don't necessarily follow or commit to a single team and like to, or they their team sucks and they want to like see what else is on kind of thing. But, you know, by and large, it's just the fans of that team are watching that team and nobody else.
0: I've spent... Forty years of my life watching hockey. I've never had a local team and I mean I've never had a local NHL team until two seasons ago. I have I have had the NHL centerized package since nineteen ninety four. I couldn't care less about staggered start times hey, if I had two early games, they both started at four, I don't care. I can flip between the two. One of them is going to pique my interest more than the other, and if they both ended up at intermission at the same time, oh my god, what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to go make dinner. I'm going to go clean the kitchen. <laughs> I'm going to do something, because I know i got 20 minutes before i got to come back and, you know, pick it up again. And then when they started doing picture in picture, eh, just watching them side by side. Oh no, they're both at commercial break. Whatever am I going to do? Well, get up and go to the bathroom, get up and get a, a Something. Right. Oh, but if they end up with eight games that all start at the same time, so what?
1: It's a, it's a national journalist pr- it's problem a, no, or
0: it's, it's a, made it, or up
1: problem. it's a, it's a made up problem. It's,
2: it's a first world problem.
1: How yeah, <laughs> how can you cater this to me?
0: Cassie, I would no. I'd say it's a one percent first world problem. And <laughs> Yes. Yes. Because why all right, because
1: we're scared and won't compete with other leagues. How's the NFL pull it off? NFL doesn't give two bleeps. Exactly. Exactly. Because we're not worried about the real We're not looking to do anything tangible to really try things either differently or like push past a certain
0: ceiling well, it's the nfl you got like five minutes between each play so odds are pretty good on one of the 12 other games they're not in that five minute break i mean it's not a continuous yeah. action sport it is a hurry up and wait sport and i would even argue it's not that much hurry it isn't
2: <laughs> i mean
0: you... all right Yeah. If they have enough time to do a complete diagram telestrator breakdown of the play that just happened before another play is even conceived and put into motion, what do you care about start times? (laughs) You could clean the lint out of your navel (laughs) in the amount of time it takes between two plays.
2: There's also just, you know... People are frequently, like, going between games anyway because they're watching a game and they're like, oh, this one's, you know, my team sucks. I'm going to go over to this game now. You know, there are people who watch football all day.
0: Yeah, they're fantasy junkies.
2: Right, but they're not, like, a lot of people watching football all day. Again, nature of the sports fan, they're just watching their team and nothing else. (laughs) You know, which so... can
1: we those fans like I have been that person. I used to watch every game twice because I, well.
2: Masochist? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, I was searching for many, one of many
0: words. That one fits. fan of, um, of Marquis de Sade
1: a <laughs> uh, nerd giant nerd who would break down pause rewind try and tell straight on my own back when you know I could get replays of games a day or two later mm-hmm. you know all the games um yeah i'm not really feeling the fandom of a single team am i interested sure do i want to watch all 82 of their games absolutely not so i just hop around um I also heard some not criticism but critique about some of the matchups like why don't we have more marquee matchups in in any of these 16 games isn't that kind of the ideal scenario that there aren't there isn't one or two must watch games so if a well produced well um, Oriented group of individuals putting on this broadcast. It, it, basically, they could work with anything, and I'll say that that was the one thing I kind of enjoyed. Okay, they they flipped to things late because I might have saw an update here or there, but who cares? Just show me show me some interesting stuff.
2: I mean, can you so like marquee matchups at this point in the season?
0: No, there's no such thing. You can by by even name, if he, by name.
2: Right, I mean, yeah, it's it's players at right. that point. You're not talking teams.
0: It's it's Bedard and Crosby. It's McDavid and Matthews. And Macar. Or it's two Canadian teams playing against each the other. The Battle of Alberta, as someone called it, and I thought that was brilliant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have considered picking up one of the goalies in that game for fantasy just for the lulls. Um.
2: Can you call I did teams? not. Heck, which means call? someone's
1: getting a shutout tonight and it's gonna be a boring broadcast.
2: Can you call two Canadian teams playing against each other a marquee matchup?
1: Nope. Not when they're playing the way they are playing. <laughs> Even if McDavid is uh listed on the projected lineup.
0: Hmm.
1: So, there's only been one game that's been played today, and there was an incident in said play, or said game. Kylock Poso did a thing causing Cal McCarr to go awkwardly into the boards. Stuff happens. We We kind of led the show with... Between the speed, the unpredictability, none of this is really planned or scripted, no matter what coaches try to do. But stuff just happens sometimes on the ice. People get hurt on clean plays, fluke plays happen. So can we please, for the love of, when a player does something and someone gets hurt or injured, can we stop immediately going to the well and say, well, he's just not that type of player? Stuff just happens.
2: I love it when like a player like snaps and does something and people are like, he's just not that kind of player. And like, well, clearly he is because he just did that.
1: (laughs) Also,
0: who cares? Everyone has a breaking point. With me, it's spiders. Stuff Just. (sighs) With you, it's me. Thugs in perpetuity. That's one of my favorite lines in a tragic game song. Everyone's got their breaking point with you. It's spiders with, or with me. It's spiders with you. It's me. Um, intent. Oh God. Right. That's, <laughs> well, that's where it is though. <laughs> you know, anybody that tried to say Matt cook wasn't that type of player. You have to go sunshine. These were intentional acts. <laughs> Yeah, he was trying to do a thing. He was trying to deliver a hit.
2: You could even go. You could even go one step further and said, "That's what he was paid to uh, do."
0: Well, that's that's why uh, people absolutely. had him on the and, roster. And, and Cassie, you're not again being a woman. It's amazing to say this. You're not incorrect. Um, <laughs>
2: thank you,
0: thank you. <laughs> Ockpost is not paid to be that way. Yeah. post is there to be a little and gritty, it, a leader, but... Yeah.
1: Um, but why is the... I get his own teammates coming to his defense, but why is it national journalists' initial instinct to go right to that well? What does it matter? Um, I know why they okay. do it. I mean, that's the biggest rhetorical question. That's yeah,
0: kind of I was, all. I, just, why I was like stopping. I figured, <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> but it it goes back to how we're describing what Ambujagosh does. It's just we don't step back and think, should I keep doing this stuff that I'm doing to hold on to some preconceived notion of how the game needs to be covered or how you need to carry water for the sport because we've got to use some corny metaphor about you know water pails that none of these people have ever lifted in their life it's just like let it go bad play something happened thankfully makara came back for the third but it's just like two or three things i saw when i was getting caught up hey what happened in this game i wasn't able to watch oh potential Norris candidate gets hurt. That's not good.
2: Yeah I mean you know freak things do do happen obviously obviously obviously, considering what we' were started what we started the show with. but my my thing was less that and more if it becomes a I don't want to say habit but a pattern. Then, then you have to start asking the question: Are they actually really that player? You know. <laughs>
0: what is, what's the old saying? Once is an accident, twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. Mm-hmm. And you look at all the players. We so sort of on, all, you sort of look at all the players when you say he's not that type of guy, and you do the inverse, and then you would look at a player and say, well, he is that type of guy. Ask yourself where that came from. Is this the first time he's done it? Is it the second time he's done it? I'm going to lay you odds it's probably the fourth or fifth or sixth. Mm -hmm. Once is an accident. Twice is a coincidence. Three times is a pattern. Mm -hmm.
1: I guess we're just still in overreaction season until we realize, okay, what are the patterns that have been repeatable for certain teams versus whatever the heck is happening in Alberta mm. versus whatever um, whatever is going
0: on with L.A.?
1: Question mark?
0: Three, four, or what are they? Four, two, and two?
1: The Kings are four two and two. So I mean, they they are a positive goal differential. You know, they've won more games than they lost, but something doesn't feel no, quite haven't. right yet.
0: They've won exactly as many games as they lost.
1: Oh, I'm, sor- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I we're not. We're not we're uh, I gotta cheat. I gotta change my glasses. Four we're two and two. I've been drinking the Kool Aid.
0: I've been drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> I always go back to that whole thing with Peter DeVore and the Sharks, you know, he's had like a, or when he was on the, when he was coaching the Sharks and they were posting his spectacular coaching record and and said it was like 60 per 62% or something like that. He was a 62% victory and they showed the actual numbers and I went, somebody needs to check their math. (laughs) And then they kind of came back and said, well, we're sort of counting points. You know, he scored points in 62% of the games, you know, that his team gained points in 62% of the games he coached with them. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever helps you sleep at night.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure. Sure. How about it?
2: Because
0: <laughs> where I was sitting, that math looked like it was about 52% of actual winning. So
1: Because, I mean, I could look at the Kings and then I could look at the Ottawa Senators. They technically have the same winning percentage Mm -hmm. right now. Just one is higher up in their division standings because of fuzzy math. (laughs) I'll show you a proof that one plus one can equal three people. No, I won't, but you know. I could. Lies, damn lies. Statistics. And then the Ottawa se-
0: Senators are sitting in seventh. Well, because
1: uh, of games played and and,
0: fuzzy math. And how bad the rest of the Pacific is.
1: <laughs> oh, but I thought they were supposed to be the premier division um, this year, Patrick. What are you talking uh, about? Like, we that?
0: knew about San Jose. Who said that? My friend. We all know. <laughs> Vegas, L.A., L.A. was going to be there or thereabouts. Vegas was going to be there. Um, I'm not sure why Calgary isn't there or thereabouts. I know why Seattle's where they're at. I have... Yeah,
1: Seattle is well known
0: and diagnosed on this show. Ad nauseum. (laughs) Ad infinitum. Yeah. Add powdered milk. Add whatever, you know.
1: Add condensed (laughs) milk.
0: Add walnuts to your banana bread, (laughs) please, for the love of God. Otherwise, you're a heretic. Um, (laughs) I, having watched Oilers games, and I will freely admit that I have turned a number of them off. Um, I want to know what that, where their brains are. There's like a, there's like a 75 foot zone. So it's not just, it's not just the defensive zone, but there's like a 75 foot sort of walking yakety sacks area with them. Cause when I was watching whatever their last game was, Be damned if I can tell you who they were playing. Um, It wasn't somebody that should have been walking all over them, even with McDavid up. But I, I started going every time in their zone, a puck would just explode off another player's stick, a pass would be in their skates, three Oilers would be down below the (laughs) below the red line, and I'm just like going. What in the name of God are you guys doing? It almost looks like they forgot to play, forgot how to play hockey, and then I go look at the lineup and go, "Well, some may not have ever known." Um, (laughs) But enough about Desjardins. Mm -hmm. Desjardins.
1: Should I really even know his name? (laughs) I know his number at least, seventy-three. Seventy-three in your program, um,
0: healthy scratch 70, in our Seventy-three hearts. on the depth <laughs> chart. Um, he's not the only one, Pat. As he says his voice squeaks, like he's you know doing a Brady Bunch routine. Change. He's not the only one, Pat. He's nowhere near the only one. I. Uh, Evander Kane has that whole. We've entered year three of the relationship. Exactly. Which means that it has gone from worse to curdled mold forming packets in the back of the fridge that every time you open it, you smell something but can't figure out where it's coming from phase. Because mm-hmm. it's hidden behind something or it's fallen. Oh, worse. It's fallen down behind like the, the produce drawer. So it's not even mm-hmm. visible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, he just goes out there and tries and thinks, and I will, I hate saying this. It sounds so condescending, but bless his heart for trying to stir his team up (laughs) by trying to fight people. But if they're not reacting, how about just focus on the damn game? And I, and I still continue to go back to that hockey diversity alliance thing where he's like I quit and they're like you never worked here I quit anyway you never worked here <laughs>
2: you didn't go she here. didn't even <laughs> go
0: here <sighs> so I will I will watch this game this evening because I think it will probably be a full 200 of Yakity sacks based on both teams play of late and then we throw in whatever ice conditions are expected to be tonight and whatever weather is expected to be tonight and
2: yeah, it's supposed to be down around freezing last i saw which i didn't actually seek out it just popped up on my twitter feed
0: on your on your twit twit tw- oh they the the dead place um yes I'll, the zombie I'll watch it because I think it's probably going to end up being like two pee wee teams playing outdoors.
2: So you're hoping for really bad in a hilarious kind of way, entertainment? yes?
0: Because I've gotten okay. I've gotten half I've gotten bad with hints of hilarity with the Oilers, and I've gotten bad with hints of hilarity from the Flames. I just think the two of them together, it might actually be Abbott and Costello Mm. tonight.
2: Marx Brothers.
0: Looney Tunes. A little more chaos than, uh, amazingly enough to say, a little more chaos than the Marx Brothers, which is Mm. saying Mm -hmm. something. So which Looney Tune do you think could actually teach a
1: zone defense to these players better than these coaches? And why is this all of a sudden be, become this great epiphany? Oh, my gosh. Zone defense. did Patrick
0: Waugh get run <laughs> out of the league for a teaching zone? Because it was such a junior. No, oh,
1: it was he the opposite. Man, that's right. he, he, he went man-to-man before it became in vogue, and now all the – all the teams have figured out this is how you play a man-to-man. You stretch the players thin, and these gaps open up. Yeah. And I, now,
2: I don't understand hockey. Hockey lends itself to being zone. It's like, why would you play man-to-man unless you're trying to run your players into the ground? I don't understand that. I've never understood that. Oh,
1: so Cassie, do you mean when teams struggle to hold leads in the third because they are overextending themselves throughout the game, that's a bad thing?
2: I know, shocking, right?
1: Hmm, I should send a postcard to 1400 Edwards Mill Road. Mm. Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, I mean...
2: Yeah. So I played basketball in high school. Right. And and it was all, do we play zone? Do we play man? How does that work? And when I was playing hockey, it was all zone. We didn't, there was no man to man coverage going on and it made more sense because you're always in motion and on the ice, which makes it trickier to be man to man, in my opinion. Uh, it makes more sense in basketball to play man-to-man rather than zone because you match up better and there's stopping and there's, you know, anyway, so I just never, I've never understood it. <laughs> That's all
0: I got to say. Well, especially in hockey, you consider, you know, we keep talking about statistics and blah, blah, blah. And where the high danger zone is the, it's the home plate, right? Everyone. Oh, it's the home plate. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't that just automatically lend to playing zone defense? Yeah.
1: When you have a center that doesn't get stretched or moved out of position, oh, It's really not that hard. You know what? defense my team plays? Zone. cause we're old and slow and tired when we're playing at eleven forty five
0: Eastern or local. Eastern is local to you. It's it just saying <laughs> uh, <laughs> i
1: I wish it wasn't. Some days, most days. Say Um but like this concept that it's just adjusting to the zone defense is the crux of the Oilers' struggles right now. No, that's a fallacy. No, they just uh... it—it's it, roster composition and just some guys can't do simple things. They and, are galaxy braining this
2: and the fact that nobody knows what defense is, so they don't know what they're being asked to do. <laughs> I,
0: God, Dear God in heaven. I fully expect like, you know, if if the Oilers still had Drew Remenda on their broadcast, it'd be even more hysterical because he could be the little bald guy that used to run out in Bunny Hill. You could be the little bald guy that was running around. <laughs> yep. I just, yeah. Um, I have a question for you both. Uh-uh. Was Joe Thornton wearing anything other than a hat in his retirement video?
2: I didn't see anything in the background, so I can't tell you if he has privacy hedges where he was or not. Because if he didn't, then yes. If he did, then no. Actually, he has small children, so I say yes.
0: I don't think that stops him, Cassie. (laughs) I just have that... (laughs) I have that feeling. (laughs) He was wearing...
1: Long socks, three of them, (laughs) and some kind of short shorts, (laughs) like a dad. Socks and
2: sandals,
0: socks, socks, sandals. Oh, yeah, like 80s Nike running shorts. Yes, yes, something
1: where you can't even tell if it's riding up because it's just up in there.
2: 90s loud print Bermudas.
0: I'm gonna go with Pat. He's got, he's, he's got a either that or the Adidas. Something because he does spend a lot of time in Switzerland because his wife is from there.
2: Mm-hmm. So he could have
0: some of those classic eighties Adidas shorts, the the really sort of nylon y shorty booty running shorts. Um obviously I think we're all in agreement first ballot hall of fame.
2: Sure.
1: I'm not disagreeing. I'm more curious, is that what's going to happen? Just because of the names and, and the years with players lining up, knowing, okay, most likely he's going in. But what if it was just the strange circumstance of, well, if Yara Miryager were to retire tomorrow, and they should immediately put him in, like the next day, like drop everything that you're doing, put on a brand new ceremony to put him in. But would there just happen to be like four or five names of you know recently retired players? Because I think there are, because we overthink who's a Hall of Famer and who's not. Um, I don't think. I could see. I could see him slide into year don't two.
0: Think. In your hypothetical, don't think anyone else has his numbers. No, absolutely not. Just not. in the NHL, but international but, too.
1: But do people like some other players a little more and get well, them in? And a here's head of the other side of that,
0: or to to that side of it too. Is anyone more beloved than that goofball? you think about all of the i mean they i I'm watching the sharks pregame um it's sunday at 154 pacific and there it's pregame for their game in washington and and they're they're sort of showing a highlight pack and literally as we were talking about it they brought up uh, an old video segment of him being interviewed by Brody and I think Curtis Brown, and literally says that he's not wearing anything. He's like he's like holding like a a, a bag. <laughs> I made myself laugh. Did yeah, exactly. Play? He's holding like one of those mesh, um, you know, uh, equipment bags, sort of very strategically while he's sitting there with the two of them. Um, I go back to. All of the hullabaloo that they generated when he and Burns were walking, you know, shirts off downtown Pittsburgh and ended up getting bobbleheads made and those bobbleheads were, you know, everyone was talking about those bobbleheads and that picture. I, I think he's just that universally adored goofball. So I don't think, I don't think anyone else beats him out on that. I mean, it'd literally have to be Crosby retiring tomorrow, I think. Or, or Ovechkin. And, and even then, I don't think, I think he's still on the ballot. If the two of them retired tomorrow, I still think he's a third. <sighs> yeah, I have
2: no real opinion. Yeah. And,
0: and that's, <laughs> uh, no, Cassie, that's an invalid opinion to have. Um, right,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> as much as I've banged on about that team all over these years, that dude had an absolutely unbelievable career when it comes to points. So.
1: Hmm. So here's my question, because you brought out Burns. Obviously, Thornton was in San Jose first. But did they just kind of unlock a lot of this in e- out of each other? Like, did they create what we ended up seeing out of these two goofballs? Perfect strangers esque.
0: Um. It wouldn't surprise me, because I. I think was Joe. I don't remember if Joe was one of the people that picked him up from the airport. I know he did it. I know he did it with a couple other people. But I don't remember if he was one who picked him up at the airport. Um I know I know Bernsey spent time at Brett and Dylan's place only because they were talking about it on the Sharks broadcast, and I did a Photoshop of weekend at Bernsey's. Where it was Brendan mm. Dillon and and <laughs> um, and Brody Brazil sort of holding Burns like he was Bernie. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, pretty could. much.
1: <sighs> but it's like, so Burns in his Minnesota days, he alternated between short and long hair. Okay, he grew the beard a little here, a little there, but it was after the shortened season in 2012, 2013 when the evolution really began. So when he was with San Jose for a little more than a year, and things just started happening. Know.
2: Joe Thornton gave him permission to be himself.
1: I, I think they unlocked it from each other.
0: Wonder Twin yeah. Powers Activate yes i'm wondering also i'd have to go back and look how much of that that bernsey ping pong was due to who may have been his head coach at the time Hmm.
2: because
0: i don't remember how long Mm. was lemare still there or not when he entered i don't remember off the top of my head
1: I, I, I think they were starting to hop around by that I think that they
0: point, were, too. But... but anyway, I digress and regress and ingress. Um, yeah, if, if, if you see me on the artist formerly known as Twitter tonight... Posting nothing but clips from Yakety Sax, you will understand what game I'm watching and what I think of it at that particular point. <laughs> if I start posting clips to, um, oh, the old, oh, I can never remember his name, and I'm going to go to hell for it. Um, uh, vamp, vamp, somebody vamp. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, while you d- dig in the recesses of your mind, um, I'd like to give a quick shout out to someone who unfortunately is not on hockey broadcast this year. Um, Michelle McMahon, who is a friend of mine, as we sit here recording, she is currently doing play by play for a women's Volleyball game, NCAA volleyball game on one of the four three-letter networks. You know the ones that you don't need Are to hook serious? a wire up to. Yeah. Immediately preceding an NFL game, oh, yes. She, she is calling a Minnesota at Wisconsin game, and you know, shout out to her. She she left the stars broadcasts. Um, she, she's been doing a lot of work in pickleball, but she's starting to do play-by-play in tennis, and I just want oh, to say shout-out to her. Didn't know
0: she left a, I, I didn't know if she left, left the Stars broadcast or not, or if this was like uh, a full-time type thing.
1: So, her work with Bailey's Texas will continue, so she's still, I think, going to be based out of Dallas. She still does occasional work on the Texas Rangers broadcast at least during the regular season. But no, she's been doing a lot of tennis play by play. And now she's doing this, but on the big network. Good on her. Good for her. Yeah. It's really exciting to see, you know, great people go great places.
0: It's Raymond Scott and his powerhouse. And it's dun, 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 dun,
1: dun,
0: Now, sidebar, there are probably.
2: That wasn't a sidebar?
0: I'm I'm going, I'm going to, I'm like, this is going to be like a kangaroo within a kangaroo, Cassie. Okay. So we have entered the first pouch. We are now going to enter, this is, you know, this is like inception. We're going to enter another pouch here. Some people will sit there and go, why does that sound familiar? Because it is a theme. In Rush's "La Villa Strangiato," they actually lifted the powerhouse Ooh. theme, that exact part, in a segment in that song, and it's literally called "Ah Monsters," because that used to be the song they would play when the big red monster, the big hairy monster, was chasing invariably Bugs Bunny. So, anyone that says Rush doesn't have a sense of humor, I will point to that and tell you. Go Pound Sand. They literally took a <laughs> jazz song that they never knew who it was by because, like me, they just grew up hearing it as part of Looney Tunes, incorporated it into one of their instrumentals, and then when they found out, they just said, okay, and started paying royalties back to the family without any fight. So there's your lesson for the day. We have, I will only go two levels of kangaroo here.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know you gotta love the way that looney tunes tried to snuck in as much culture as they could on kids oh
0: god the barber of seville yeah.
2: classical music
0: little wagner, the wagner the Pacino, i mean everything <laughs> Yeah, that, you know, it wasn't just for kids. I don't care how many times people try and tell you. That was not just no. for kids. No, Oh,
2: no. My dad loved Looney Tunes. Like, we would get up in the morning, Saturday morning cartoons. We'd get up in the morning. Hell he'd yeah. already be watching them. <laughs> he was a big cartoon guy. Yeah. He loved his Yosemite oh, Sam. Oh,
0: God, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh okay. Somebody pull the parachute on this damn thing. Because I want to go watch the New Jersey Devils in the Minnesota Wild game, because New Jersey is hella fun. Oh, my God.
1: So, Jacques Lemaire, first Burns. five years of Brent Burns's. That's what
0: I wondered. I... I
1: and so to wrap things up I'm going to leave with a question (laughs) no although my gosh the amount of 42 references in Spider-Man Into the (laughs) Spider-Verse that I missed the first 100 times I watched amazing no when is Jacques Hughes going to be named the cover athlete with well someone probably more deserving from the female side but of next year's NHL game
2: Jacques Hughes
0: This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.